Welcome to Aspiring Hollywood. Stick around because today I have a special guest, but first I want to talk about an article I wrote not too long ago entitled Source of Inspiration for Great Stories and Memorable Characters. The purpose of that article was to bring to your attention a document just about as old as the history of civilization. It's a document from which filmmakers can pluck storylines, life lessons, and teachable moments that they can inject into their stories to develop remarkable characters. The Bible is the most remarkable document ever produced with stories ripe for screenplay adaptations. I get it if you're not spiritual. That's not the point. But the Old Testament, the Torah, and the New Testament are abundant sources of stories, characters, and events you can explore and be inspired to write your own story. Here to talk about his journey from a decorated military career to a prolific writer and published author in the faith-based genre and mainstream book publishing space is my friend, Lieutenant Colonel John C. Orndorff, U.S. Air Force retired. Colonel Orndorff, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Lou. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> thank you for, for bearing with me during that lengthy uh, introduction, but I just wanted to to set the mood for this interview about sources of inspiration and, and the different areas, the different sectors of the writing industry where um, they can flourish as a writer, you know, namely the faith-based as you have experience doing and you've also written in the, in the mainstream and the secular uh, right. area. But before we get into that, let's, let's talk a little bit about you. Let's talk about uh, your journey in the military and how that experience prepared you for a career as an author? Uh, well, <clears throat> Lou, when I, uh, let me begin. I, I used to hate writing, okay? When I, I was a, a college student, I would very carefully seek out professors who did not require papers or a lot of writing because I, I didn't, I wasn't interested. I, right. uh, I was like most students. I wanted to get my degree and get out and do something else. Right. And, uh, invariably, uh, I, I don't know if it was, uh, make believe friends or what, but, uh, I was always steered in the direction of those professors who required not one paper, but two. <laughs> so, uh, and th this is back in the early, uh, mid seventies when, uh, my understanding is that, uh, you know, universities were a little more rigorous than uh, I hear they are now. So uh, I, I just was was writing, uh, you know, paper after paper. And Lou, before I knew it, I, I got to where I enjoyed it. Okay. So uh, I uh, was, was going to be a, a minister. I decided, well, I I think I need to be a preacher because I my degree ended up being in uh, religious studies and ancient history. And uh, as I, I finished my master's degree, I <laughs> this is kind of convoluted, but I was going to go to law school. Mm -hmm. And uh, honestly, when when you go from uh, undergraduate to graduate work, you you tend to burn yourself out. So that's yeah. I felt burned out and. Uh, I decided, well, I think I'd like to be a, a military officer. So I, I ended up going to Air Force uh, Officer Training School and uh, with the hope 
that they would send me to law school through the funded legal program. How does one just decide out of the blue, oh, I think I want to be a military officer? <laughs> how, did, how did that decision come about? Well, um, you, you have to ask yourself, what am I really interested in? Hmm. And uh, I, I grew up during, in the hippie era, all right? Okay. <laughs> uh, where the you know Vietnam War protests and you know whatnot. So because of the cultural influences, and I, I was kind of stared away from the military. Though I had always, throughout my life, I had an interest in uh, military history and uh, you know all, all things uh, military. Right. So it, it was it, it was already you know inside me. You know, right. that that interest. Right. And, uh, you know, primarily I saw it as a means uh, to uh, to getting a free law degree. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, you, know, you and everybody else, happened. I think. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it was so funny. I, <laughs> my wife and I, we'd been married for about 18 months. And I said, you know, I think I want to go uh, in the Air Force. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, uh, really? I mean, we, you know, you were going to be a preacher and uh, or, or a lawyer. So, uh, and, and let me add this too, that uh, I had a professor, uh, just a, a wonderful man named William Lane. And uh, he was uh, not only a, a professor of uh, New Testament, but he was also our pastor. And he had counseled me one time that there, there were many times he, he wished he had a law degree so mm. he could help people. So my right. intent was to get a law degree and use that in Christian ministry. Well, I get in the Air Force and, uh, you know, my, my intention is to go to law school. And I was accepted into law school, but the Air Force said no. So here I am. Oh. I'm in uniform. And right. uh, so what am I going to do? Uh, and I ended up going into special investigations uh, where we met. And right. uh, I, I saw a friend of mine, uh, a lawyer friend, several years later, and I asked him how he enjoyed being a lawyer. And he said, I think I'd rather be in OSI. Well, I just want to tell our audience members that, um, you know, full disclosure, uh, you know, it just seems like this is like a reunion couple of weeks for me because I just had an interview, as you know, with our good friend, James G. Davidson II, who's yeah. now an author, a published author, uh, and a very good one at that. And, uh, you know, we had worked with him and now it's you. And, and I just want to tell the audience that, you know, full disclosure, then you and I, you and I met many, many years ago, a few decades ago in the military, and we... Uh, you were my commander, my um, commanding officer and the special agent in charge of that outfit that we, uh, you know, we worked for. So anyway, go on. Well, where the writing comes in, yeah. uh, I thought the quickest way, and this is not the case, all right, yeah. <laughs> but I thought if, if I was going to get the visibility in the Air Force that I wanted, I should start writing. Yeah. And, you know, so I, I wrote articles on, on leadership, uh, uh, you know, you name it. I did book reviews, uh, anything I could do to, you know, 
look like a the the up and coming young lieutenant, if you will. Sure. Even even in OSI, I wrote a couple of articles uh, regarding uh, you know what we do and you know our function within the Air Force. And what what is so, the OSI? Because a lot of people uh, may not be familiar with the organization. What what does that well, mean? you know, that's the Air Force Office of Special Investigations. It's the Air Force equivalent of the FBI. And uh, it's a unique organization because we have both uh, an intelligence function and a, a counterintelligence function, not to mention uh, general crime in investigations. So right. uh, our organization just runs the, the gamut to include uh, anti-terrorism, which uh, it's, uh, you know, after I retired, I spent two years uh, conducting anti-terrorist uh, activities for the State Department. Right. Uh, a diff different country every week. <laughs> well, those experiences uh, as an author, you know, later, you know, developing a career as an author, I'm sure those experiences um, came in handy, you know, to, uh, to help you develop uh, some interesting characters. Well, d depending on your experiences, a, a book can write itself. <laughs> uh, I, I once heard Kirk Douglas say that uh, he had written some novels, and I, I think he was uh, with Larry King, and he said, you know, when I'm writing a book, I don't know how it's going to end. You know, right. as I recall, he said, you know, yeah. in so many words, the, it, it just writes itself. Right. And, uh, you know, that was my experience. Uh, the, the book kind of wrote itself, um, How Have the Mighty Fallen, uh, I'm right. talking about. And it, it was based had in with on a lot of our experiences uh, in OSI. Now, why so, don't you uh, just give us the elevator pitch on that? You know, just a quick thirty-second, you know, summary of what that book is about. Well, uh, it's <laughs> honestly, it's a composite of my life and your life. All right, <laughs> because well, there's some things in in there that were so far removed from anything I ever did. Uh, but it's about a, a, a minister who mm -hmm. leaves the ministry to go into drug enforcement in the DEA. And we, we used to work with the DEA quite a bit. Yes, we did. Back in the day. <laughs> and uh, he, he goes undercover. And, and, and that, that's based on you. OK, the preacher going into <laughs> DEA, that's based on me. Undercover stuff, that's based on you. Oh, well, I'm, I'm honored. Thank you for, for including me in your <laughs> <Yeah>. book. <laughs> but, uh, and, uh, you know, we, there, there are some actual uh, things, you know, I'm not going to tell the readers uh, the things that actually happened right. that, that, that are true, uh, blended into this story. But mm. uh, there, there are several things in there that uh, actually took place. Right. Right. So, so now, okay, so let's get back to, to the military career. You went back in, uh, you, you went in as an officer, right? And, um, and then you ended up in the OSI. Um, so what happened after that? Well, uh, a lot. <laughs> I, uh, it, we yeah. worked, to, as you recall, we worked together in Denver Right. And uh, I went to uh, Air University as a faculty member after that. I, I, I'd always been interested in teaching, and uh, I, I still am, though I'm, I'm going to be quick to add. I don't want to teach high school, elementary school, you know, any kind of 
public education, but uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, college level teaching, uh, it, it's something I, I'm very interested in. So uh, I, I taught at a couple of schools there, squadron officer school, and then uh, air command and staff college. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I, I got in a lot of writing experience while I was in these schools. In fact, uh, yeah. I was part of a research team in uh, 1995 that uh, was 96 actually we went to Europe to uh, do a a study on the bombing campaign over uh, Sarajevo during with the during the Bosnian conflict yeah and uh, uh, I wrote a book chapter on that uh, on you know the leadership Mm -hmm. that uh, was exercised during that campaign yeah, uh, and the year before, I had uh, traveled with another team to Germany to do research on the uh, German general staff, and that was one of the more rewarding experiences uh, of my time as a faculty member there, because uh, I was with a German officer, and we we were traveling through Germany, living like Germans. <laughs> uh, so you know the 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 depth of the uh, the you know culture that I was able to get to that, you know, most tourists and even military people don't experience was was just remarkable. Well, they say to, uh, to write what you know, right. And that's why I think it's important for, for young writers or, or, or um, not young, but, you know, beginning writers of any age to know that life experiences are just a well of information when when it comes to to creating uh, worlds, different worlds and different situations and and remarkable characters, uh, memorable characters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I want to touch a little bit on on your uh, faith based writing as well, because you have experience doing that. You just finished uh, writing a book, and I believe it's it's in print right now yeah. and 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 out uh, for people. What's the name of it again? Well, it's uh, the name of the book is uh, "Great Trees from Little Acorns Grow," and it's uh, a history of Grace Baptist Church in mm-hmm. Springfield, Tennessee, from 1927 to 2022 to this up through this year. If anyone is in- interested, there's a, a very limited number of these uh, were were printed, but uh, the the book is available at in electronic format, uh, online, and it's free. Right. So if anyone's interested in, uh, you know, downloading a copy and reading about a church in Springfield, Tennessee, there it is. But it's a, about, you know, 220 pages mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, the uh, development of this church that, that I attend right now. And my favorite, because of my military history background, my favorite part of the book is the World War II era. And uh, there were a lot of military exercises going on in this area at the time, preparing troops to go to war in uh, Asia and, uh, you know, Europe. So um, the churches in our area, uh, you know, to the extent they were able, took the soldiers under their wings so they would invite them to church and then take them home for Sunday dinner, uh, provide them with entertainment at the local high school. And uh, Floyd Carroll held a tent revival 
all right, for the soldiers. Hmm. And it was packed out every night. And the, the response was just tremendous. And so in, in the book, I, I mentioned that, I mean, only God knows how many young men went into battle, you know, confident that if they didn't make it, where they would be going. Right, right. Well, that's, that's amazing. That's an incredible story. And that, again, you know, it's just, um, it's just uh, proof that, you know, as a writer, you can write in, in any genre, you know, you went on to write from the secular uh, undercover story of uh, how have the mighty fallen to, to writing, you know, um, uh, something about a, a pastor, you know, that, that established mm -hmm. churches and, and so forth. So, you know, writers a lot of times have a hard time coming up with a solid storyline that, that features memorable characters. And my suggestion in my monologue in the opening, uh, when I introduced you, was that the Bible can be a source of inspiration. Now, I know a lot of people are not very spiritual, they're not into, into that, but, but they can still use the document as a source of inspiration because there's so many great stories in there and, and fantastic characters. What are your yeah. thoughts on that? Well, yeah, you're right. Uh, now, in, in my writing, I have been uh, studying the Bible for almost 50 years. Mm -hmm. So, and right. I've been reading it every year, uh, sometimes more than once uh, for, you know, probably over 40 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I, I don't have it memorized, <laughs> but it, it's inside me. Okay. Yeah. It, well, that's why I thought you'd be thing. great for this, for this uh, topic, yeah. you know, for this article, because and you have that experience and background. So, so you know, in, uh, and as I was writing the church history, uh, I would try to, uh, for example, Floyd Carroll, I, I use the example that though he was an uneducated man, he, he was effective as a minister, and it was like uh, James and John, who, uh, as they stood before the, the priests in the Sanhedrin in Jerusalem, in the Bible, in the New Testament, yeah. you know, they, they knew they were untrained men, but they recognized they had been with Jesus. And so mm -hmm. it was the same thing with Floyd Carroll in the book. Uh, another uh, example in the book was uh, a young man who wanted to be a missionary. And the Southern Baptist uh, Convention was uh, not willing to send him uh, out as a missionary uh, before he was uh, 21 years old, but he wanted to go right away. So uh, the, uh, the Women's Missionary Union at our church decided, well, if, if he wants to go, we'll, we'll send him mm -hmm. and or, or contribute to his needs. <clears throat> so they sent... Uh, I say in the book, like David running to meet Goliath, <laughs> this young man was not willing to back off from this challenge. Mm. And the wonderful thing is, is that they supported him. He went to Brazil and Luke, he is still there to this day. Wow. Still, still engaged in the ministry that started that's... back uh, almost uh, 30 years ago. Wow. That's incredible. <clears throat> that's incredible. He must have liked it there. 
uh, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, well, that's great. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, now, look, writing is writing, right? I mean, if you're a writer, you can adapt and, and write about just about anything. Yep. But is there a difference between writing in for mainstream, for a mainstream audience versus a faith-based audience or, or the story itself? Is there, in your opinion, is there a difference? Yeah, there, there is a difference. Uh, and I, I, we have discussed this before that you have, to, I, I feel like the Christian community does not want anything that reflects how it really is. Mm. All right. Uh, mm. For example, how the mighty fallen. Well, uh, there, there's no profanity in the book at all. Right. You know, but there's some, you know, questionable scenes. Right. Sure. But they're real. It happens. Right. Okay. It adds to the story. Uh, yeah. You know, the, so the, you know, uh, religious uh, uh, publishers, uh, you know, weren't weren't interested in the book for, for that reason. Uh, OK. So, I mean, it, it's like Joe. Things don't always go the way you think they ought to go. <laughs> All right. It's just That's like right. that. Uh, as something else is that if you're writing for a, a faith-based community, you can feel free to to go into greater depth on the spiritual level, mm. right? Uh, you, you can talk about things that people in the secular world would not understand. Yeah. So if you're writing for the secular world, and, and if you're going to throw in some spiritual aspects or some spiritual truths, that they have to be, I, I feel like, I hate to say watered down, but, you know, just a, enough to maybe whet a person's appetite so they'll pursue more. Right. Well, but, but like I said uh, in the opening, you know, um, in the Bible is is not a uh, G-rated document, you know. It's, not at all. It's full of deceit, envy, anger, disobedience, revenge, guilt, justice, injustice, you know, all these, all these very hardcore issues that are being discussed in the Bible. So I don't know why the, a Christian audience wouldn't be receptive to, uh, to the truths of life, you know, that things that happen in life the way they happen. Well, it's, I, I feel like it's... Uh, you know, bad that they don't. And and here's something else to consider. When when David, you know, this is awful. He committed adultery with another man's wife. And then he had yes. the man killed to cover it up. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I, God forgave him. Right. All right. They, you know, when the prophet Nathan confronted him on it, he said, you know, the Lord has taken away your sin, mm. but there were still consequences. Right. All right. He he didn't get off scot free, but this is something people need to understand. And, you know, to include the Christian community, is the, the concept of forgiveness. Yeah, and and that's that's in the faith based, not necessarily just Christian. You know, it's in the faith based community. You know that we're talking about. And and hey, let me tell you this: uh, committing adultery will have consequences. Uh, in today's day and age, too. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it's not uh, not just in the ancient past. 
but uh but yeah so um so now let's talk about your your writing habits again you know i i, I want to gear this this um episode towards people just starting out and mm -hmm. there are a lot of people starting out that um maybe don't have the the habits the writing happen habits necessary to finish a document or to pursue writing a document all the way to 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 its completion a manuscript what are your writing habits how do you get from point a to point b and c and so on so that you can finish a book within a certain amount of time and how long does it take you to finish a book by the way uh, well i mean you know lou that that depends i i wrote uh, a book for a publisher in new york uh, on uh, disaster preparedness, uh, you know, in nine months, researched, uh, did the research and the writing. Sure. Uh, you know, this, uh, the book I just completed took a, a year. Uh, mm. I tried to write a, a minimum of a page a day. Okay. And uh, the, uh, the, the research was uh, uh, particularly demanding because I had to go to, uh, uh, the, the county archives and go through a microfilm year by year, you know, the, you know, the local paper, which yeah. was uh, very tedious. So th there were days where that's all I get done, you yeah. know, it's just, you know, the research aspect of it. But, mm. uh, you know, in terms of uh, writing habits, for me, the mornings are the best time. Okay. okay. And, and I start slow. Okay, Lou, I, I do a little bit of reading, you know, try to stimulate my mind a little bit, drink some coffee. And, uh, but I, I prefer in, in the mornings to do the writing. Now, how do you get from point A to point B? It's like eating an elephant, one, one bite at a time. And I learned this uh, when I was in graduate school working on my master's thesis that, uh, you know, I was used to writing term papers. And so I realized, okay, this is how I put it together. I write a term paper, it's a chapter. Write another term paper, it's another chapter. So you, you write a chapter, you have a follow-on chapter. And so uh, with, with the history, you know, I knew where the, where the end point was. When I got to August 2022, it was done. <laughs> I didn't know how long it would be, yeah. but uh, I knew that would be the end point. But it's like you just write, you know, one chapter at a time, write one page at a time, and uh, don't skimp on words. And it's like I I've heard you say, yeah, just throw some words on a page. And I I've done that. You know, yeah. it's like, okay, it, it is not coming. So I just throw a bunch of words on, on the page. And uh, I come back the next day and look at it. And it's like, well, that's not bad at all. It's <laughs> Well, you're lucky because I had uh, situations like that. And I came back the next day and I looked and it's like, what, what was I thinking writing this junk? <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're very lucky. I've had that experience too. <laughs> yeah. What are you planning on doing next? I, I'm not sure. I, I feel like, now, honestly, I, I worked on this book so long, I, I'm taking a break. The only thing I'm doing now is uh, I'm writing up notes each week for our weekly Bible study that we do on Zoom. Right. Uh, but other than that, I, I haven't really been working on anything just yet, though 
the writer in me says, you're supposed to be writing. <laughs> okay, so, so every day is like, yeah. you, you need to be writing something. And uh, yeah. I, I had mentioned to you that uh, our, our pastor wants me to write a book on leadership. Right. And I, uh, I, I've started writing on leadership many times. I just never, you know, completed it. Right. But I've got all those ideas. They're still there. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. in terms of the next project, um, I'm, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Something's out there. I'm just not sure what it is. Right. Any parting words for, for um, aspiring writers or, or emerging writers, I should say? Any, any well, words of advice? Yeah. It, it just keep writing. And uh, I, I know I uh, started uh, a publishing house. Now, anyone can do this. Anyone can start their own publishing house. And initially, uh, it was Amulet Press. And uh, I was contacted uh, uh, several years after I started it by uh, a publisher in New York wanted to buy the name. And so what they did was they gave me a book deal as payment. <laughs> wow. Well, so, that's, that's a uh, nice way to get a book deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I would say, you know, create your own brand. You know, my brand now is uh, Pensive Books. Okay. And uh, so when, whenever, uh, you know, I write a book for myself or, you know, I, I can write a book for someone else, as was the case with the church, I print it under my own uh, publishing house which is not to be confused with big money or anything like that, okay? It's just, you, you got a name associated with an ISBN number and uh, that, that's all it is. Uh, but, uh, you know, if, if you're a writer, I, I would encourage people to write a little bit every day. Uh, I would encourage people to uh, associate with other writers exchange ideas, you know, the, the times that you and I had discussed ideas on different writing projects have, have been some of the most fun times in, in my writing experience. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I would I tell agree. people uh, to, do, to do that, you know, just, uh, yeah. you know, work with other writers, share ideas, and uh, throw words on paper. <laughs> <laughs> that's the name of the game you know when i when i taught screenwriting at ucla extension i told my students i said look if you're a writer write writers write it doesn't matter what just put it on paper and and sometimes it's good like you said in your case sometimes it's bad like in my case but uh but uh but just keep writing and uh and don't give up if that's and, your passion yeah let me say this it, it, I like, uh, you know, part of being a writer too, I think, is a lot of us have the poet inside us. Right. Don't forget the value of poetry. Mm. And you can include, uh, you know, poetry in your prose. And I, I remember sharing, you know, one of the sections from this book with you and, and you said, well, that sounds like poetry. <laughs> and, That's you know, right. I would encourage writers, you know, e experiment, be, be creative 
in what you're doing and write in a poetic way so so that it, it there's a natural flow to it mm. and you know you you want to entice and draw your reader in so that yeah. you know they're not going to throw the book down and think what am i doing <laughs> i'm wasting my time <laughs> Right. Well, that all sounds good, Chris. Thank you so much for uh, joining us on, on Aspiring Hollywood. Is there anything else that you want to share with us before we go? Well, uh, Lou, it's, it's been my pleasure to be with you. And uh, I, I hope that uh, you continue your writing as well. <laughs> well, I, I, I know what you're capable of. Oh, I appreciate it. I, I am trying. I have a few things in the works, so we'll see how that uh, pans out. But uh, but again, thank you so much for joining us on Aspiring Hollywood, and I hope to see you again. I look forward to it, Lou.